Radio News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The top stories. The government relaxes quarantine rules for the air cruise of Cathay Pacific, which says it will now be able to operate more flights. An expert on respiratory medicine says now would be a great time to relax more COVID restrictions. And a man in his 60s is allegedly conned out of $3 million. Cathay Pacific says the government has relaxed quarantine rules for its air crews and they're no longer required to remain in closed-loop bubbles while overseas. The airline says the move will allow it to run more flights. Damon Pang reports. Cathay says the requirement for crew members to stay in the hotel rooms while in other countries has now been dropped. The airline says while staff are now allowed to go out and have a meal during their stays overseas, they're still asked to avoid crowded places like bars as well as mask-off activities in public. Cathay also says returning crew members can use a test-and-go arrangement at Hong Kong airport if they haven't spent time in other countries in the past week. If they have spent time abroad, they must wait for a negative test result before they can pass through immigration. The airline says crew members have to take further PCR tests on each of the four days after their return to Hong Kong. A respiratory medicine specialist, Leung Chi Chu, says now would be a golden opportunity to relax social distancing rules further. Later this week, the government will allow up to 12 people per table at restaurants, up from eight, while the number of people allowed at a banquet will double to 240. Dr Leung told RTHK the government should also drop the Leave Home Safe app because the e-health vaccine pass can serve a similar function. What we need to know about the Leave Home Safe app, it's not just for scheduled premises. You need to use it in many places, but people actually don't use it. It's not used to track infected people at supermarkets, shopping malls and other scheduled premises. Many people go to these large structures, they go in different parts of them. It's hard to tell if people inside had contact with each other. Dr Leung added that the public gathering ban of no more than four people should also be relaxed, noting that large crowds can often be seen in shopping malls and other venues here. The police say a 62-year-old man has allegedly been conned out of $3 million by fraudsters posing as government officials. More details from Kelly Yu. In July, the victim received a phone call from someone claiming to be a health official and was told he'd violated quarantine rules in Guangzhou. He received another call the same day saying he was involved in money laundering on the mainland. The victim provided his bank details and later found out that more than $1 million had been withdrawn from his account. In August, the man was scammed into handing over another $2 million as a guarantee. It's understood the victim is a university professor. No arrests have been made so far. The operator of the Kaitak cruise terminal has urged the government to further relax restrictions on cruise lines, such as lifting the ban on cruises to travel overseas. The government earlier announced the scrapping of a suspension mechanism on so-called cruises to nowhere, which will take effect on Thursday. Jeff Bent, the managing director of Worldwide Cruise Terminals, welcomed the move but said more needs to be done to revive the cruise sector. It's a positive step, but there are still many restrictions on the operation of cruises in Hong Kong. Another restriction that's still there is this measure is only for cruise to nowhere. They have not lifted the ban on cruises going to international locations or cruise ships coming from other countries to Hong Kong. While we welcome the lifting of the suspension mechanism, it's still too far off the international norms to be attractive to the cruise line. 
A new survey has found that blood donors stopped giving blood during the pandemic, and most haven't got gotten back into the habit even after the fifth wave receded. The Hong Kong Society of Clinical Blood Management interviewed about 450 people in July in an online survey and found 87% of respondents who previously donated blood said they didn't give blood during the fifth wave. Among them, more than 80% said they no longer give blood. Hong Kong has experienced its hottest Chungyeong festival on record. The observatory says the temperature reached 33.5 degrees Celsius this afternoon, surpassing the previous record set in 1959 by a full degree. It says the weather will cool slightly after a northeast monsoon reaches the Guangdong coast tomorrow morning. And the forecast becoming cloudy with a few showers tomorrow and some sunny periods. Temperatures in the region of 27 to 32 degrees, with light winds strengthening from the east gradually. The outlook: a few showers and temperatures will fall slightly in the following few days, but there will be sunny intervals. Currently, the observatory it's 29 degrees Celsius, humidity 80 percent. You're listening to RTHK. The time is now exactly five minutes past eleven. Turning overseas, the United States and South Korea have conducted a precision aerial bombing exercise in response to North Korea's test firing of a ballistic missile over Japan, the first such launch in five years. There's been strong international condemnation of Pyongyang. This report from the BBC, Steve Jackson. Just hours after the North Korean missile launch, the U.S. and South Korea responded with a joint exercise. A South Korean fighter jet fired two precision bombs at a mock target on an uninhabited island in the Yellow Sea. In total, four U.S. and four South Korean aircraft were scrambled. The South Korean military issued a statement saying the drills showed their will to respond sternly to any threats from the north. Pyongyang has stepped. Up its military activities since President Biden took office in Washington, and intelligence reports suggest it may be planning to test another nuclear device, something it hasn't done since 2017. The European Parliament has overwhelmingly approved new rules for EU countries under which rival companies producing mobile phones will have to provide a common charging port. The BBC's Jessica Parker. Reports from Brussels. This idea has been discussed for years, but finally looks set to become a reality. From the end of 2024, an array of devices, including new phones, cameras, and tablets, will have to carry a specific common charging port. The standard will also apply to laptops from the spring of 2026. Supporters say the measure will cut electronic waste and benefit consumers, but tech giant Apple, which has its own Lightning connector, has previously warned it could stifle innovation because the EU market is so large. Analysts predict it could also impact countries well beyond the European Union. One of the largest and most complex inquiries in British legal history into the UK's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic has opened in London. The inquiry, likely to last two years, will scrutinise everything from vaccines to lockdowns and the pandemic's economic impact. The chairwoman, Baroness Heather Hallett, said millions of people had suffered loss. The inquiry will analyse our state of readiness for the pandemic and the response to it, and to determine whether that level of loss. Was inevitable, or whether things could have been done better. My principal aim is to produce reports and recommendations before another disaster strikes the four nations of the United Kingdom. To sport now, the police chief in the Indonesian region where a deadly crash occurred in a football stadium on Saturday has apologised. The BBC's Rebecca Henschke has more. East Java police chief Nico Afinta. Says he was saddened by the tragedy and was sorry 
for shortcomings in how security was managed at the football stadium. His forces have come under heavy criticism for firing tear gas into the crowd after fans ran onto the pitch after the match. At least 125 people were killed when people rushed to leave and found many of the exit gates locked. In the capital, Jakarta, the National Police Commissioner told a press conference that the officers in the field had not followed instructions. A year-long independent investigation into allegations of abuse and misconduct in top-level women's football in the United States has concluded the problem had become systemic. Last year, Koshitsa, half of the top women's teams in the country, resigned as players came forward with allegations of mistreatment. The president of the U.S. Soccer Federation, Cindy Parlo-Cohn, said the findings were heartbreaking and deeply troubling. The women's game is really important to me, and many of the players in this report I know, many of them I coached. I found the whole report shocking. I just found it really maddening that players had to go through this. The women's world tennis number one, Iga Sviantek, has criticised the sports scheduling of events, saying she won't be able to compete for her country, Poland, at next month's Billie Jean Cup final in Glasgow. That's because the WTA finals in Texas end just one day earlier. It's going to take us all on our health and on our bodies for sure. don't think it's going to help us to perform well and to just make a good show, which is the goal of tennis sometimes, to entertain people, you know, so... I don't like it for sure. <laughs> and Paris has become the latest city in France to announce that it won't screen matches from the forthcoming World Cup because of the number of people who've died while building football stadiums in Qatar. Estimates vary, but some suggest hundreds of workers were killed by heat stroke, exhaustion and other problems caused by the severe conditions on construction sites. To end the news, the top stories once again. The government relaxes quarantine rules for the air crews of Cathay Pacific, which says it will now be able to operate more flights. And that's the news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 Heavenly shades of night are falling It's twilight time out of the mist your voice is calling, tis twilight time. When purple-colored curtains mark the end of day, I'll hear you, my dear, at twilight time. And the good news is we get an extra five minutes together tonight with our twilight time playing your music from a bygone era. Some memories from the past, and if you'd like a song yourself, send over an email to Radio Pete at Gmail. A good selection between now and midnight, and the first one for your entertainment is Paul Anker.
Crying too. 